Hello. Hello. And welcome back to uh, another full episode of You Said 100 Miles? Uh, <laughs> a sentence I almost said a little earlier about something else. <laughs> um, I, I'm your host, uh, Bob, uh, joining us today, uh, my co-host, Sass. Hello. And uh, uh, we, we're back in... Uh, I think to, today we're probably going to spend most of our time chatting uh, about my most recent race. Um, and uh, for listeners who uh, grabbed the 20 minute episode I did um, two weeks ago, uh, that was really more of a technical kind of background. But this is uh, this will be normal episode. Woo-hoo! Um, and. Uh, what what Sass is referring to is right now um, UTMB is getting ready to kick off. Um, and uh, since I won't get into the UPM, UTMB, uh, it was just kind of a nice little joke. Hey, you want to go to the south of France? Yeah, why we go? What, what's let's, in the south of France, Bob? Tell go, me what's going on there. What's going on? You like a friend? <laughs> like, a, like an old roommate? Like you want to go visit the south of France? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, I can't. Can't wait to see this. Wait, what's happening in the wait, south? Wait, wait, How many? How many miles? Well, this I, is. <laughs> yeah, the, like I mean, at this point, it's like, do you even bother asking what race, or you just ask how far? Honestly, at this point, I just ask you how far because I, <laughs> I tried to t- explain to somebody um, about you being a long distance runner. Um, like last week and they went like oh like a marathoner and i'm like i didn't know there was anything past marathon and then i met bob and <laughs> yeah and they were also horrified and yet really interested it's it's like it's like an accident you can't look away once you hear that somebody will run more than a marathon you're just like wait what <laughs> i don't no 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 clearly clearly you misspoke what how many miles <laughs> yeah that, that sounds about that sounds about right. Sure. I mean, I what's weird is I remember um, when I first moved to Chicago a long time ago, um, I went with a friend and her friend to camp um, at a race. It was a 24-hour race. Okay. I couldn't tell you where it is. I, I'm really, I would really like to try and find this race. Um, and see if I can find the results and see if it were somebody that I know who ran it. Um, but I haven't been able to figure it out yet. Um, but anyway, so we went down there and like, it didn't occur to me till only recently. Oh wait, that was like, that was an ultra. Like, oh, so it, was, it, right. it, it's haunted. It's haunted you ever since. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being there and being like, well, this is the, dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard of like you hadn't been bitten yet like it's, it's like, like a it's like a werewolf bite you can right? never you can never go back no. your life is forever changed yeah no it's a so it is funny because it's like i i went there i saw it so i knew this was a thing and then i forgot about it Comple- your brain was trying to protect you it was like don't look don't look directly at it it's like <laughs> looking at the sun <laughs> then for years it was just like you know, I knew there were marathons and, um, and you know, people ran and uh, of course, but you did had no concept of the world of running mm. and, um, how passionate people who run are and it, uh, or at least can be. 
there are people who run just begrudgingly because <laughs> we got to stay in shape. But oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Doing, I'm doing this again. But Jeez, I'm running. Whenever I do Orange Theory, there's always somebody with me who's like, oh, this is my least favorite part. And I'm like, no, the running is my favorite part. The running is the best part. It was great. We're going to do some sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it on an incline. We'll <laughs> 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 build character. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly i think the sprinting is helping my long distance which i did not which i, I shouldn't be surprised at because i know it will because i did yeah. this back when i was like in high school and did track <coughs> excuse me but yeah no i feel like i did a long distance run i'm like actually this feels a little easier than it was before because i was really worried that just doing the the kind of sprinting that you do at orange theory would make it impossible to go for like a 5k run and instead mm-hmm. i was like this is actually really helpful so what what I find with I I find it's all about balance mm-hmm. and you know you, if you're no matter what distance you're training for like you got to have a little bit of everything if you're if you're training for marathons or ultras you know the overwhelming majority of your running is going to be low slow distance so you know, and, and how far you go is going to vary or how many hours you're doing or what what have you. Um, but you got to still do some speed work, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're trying to get faster, you're going to do more speed work. Um, but what, what I found um, pretty definitively is I feel so much better on my long runs when I have had, when I've been regularly doing speed work. And it, it just, it makes your, it's so hard to run fast and hard mm. that it really make it makes your slow runs feel easy, you know, in a weird way. And like, and there's the, like the general, like how it feels, but also like you can watch your heart rate. Mm. If you, if you, if you train your body, okay, I need everything to go fast. Like, I swear it tricks your mind when you're going, you know, slower that, oh, wait, no, 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 this is fine. We're not going as hard as before, so we don't need to pump as hard. Mm-hmm. And um, so, it, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It's, you you do, like, it's great to get some speed work in. Um, and I, everyone should do some level of speed work. How much you want to do is, like, debatable. Um and that's what, you know, theoretically, like a coach can help you get to the right amount of, you know, all the different workouts for what you want to do. But yeah, get a look, get some speed work in. I'm also going to throw out for like, if not yoga, regular stretching, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've just re- like last year or two, I've really started doing like regular stretches every morning mm-hmm. and then trying to make myself do yoga like once a week. And it, I really think it's helping like keep my, um, I used to like once a year I would get injured. Like, yeah. and I really feel like the, the yoga and the stretching is really assisting with that. Cause nice. I don't think you notice how like, like my legs always feel like rocks, but I, I don't think I necessarily noticed how 
how bad it was getting and how that can have like a detrimental effect on my overall performance until yeah. I started like really kind of regularly stretching. And it's, it's a pain. I don't want to do it every morning. I'm like, no, I'll just skip it this time. And I'm like, no, come on, your hamstrings, your calves, if nothing else. I do it right after, um, like I have a, a whole routine in the morning for my skin and I'll just do it while I'm doing that. Like while yeah. I'm putting moisturizer on or something, I'm like, all right, 30 minutes, left leg, right leg. Um, and it, it, I don't know, like, it's just, it, you're right. It's good to get a, a lot of, a lot of different stuff in there. But uh, and on that subject, we should do the rag bri. Should do the rag bri. That would be fun. I, I know somebody on the Slack who mentioned wanting to do the rag bri geo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we, we should do the rag bri. I would definitely team together do the Ooh, rag bri. Team rag bri? Team rag bri. Team fill my face with pie? Yes. Oh, my God. The pie. The pie is so good. You're like, nah, the pie's not going to be that good. It's like mouth-wateringly good. Though by the end of it, you pie. will kill somebody for a carrot. See, I don't know that I'll get there. I You, th- you think <laughs> that. You think I'm going to live on carnival food forever. But then by the end of it, you're like, if I don't see an how apple many, soon. How long does it take you to get across? It's like a, I want to say it's like a week. I'm like not going to get tired of a pie. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to get... Because uh, here's... here's uh, I'll be... Uh, you know, because I, I feel like I would start with kind of like the pies that I'm not as fond of. Oh, you got to try all of them. Yeah, you, well, you the know, and, and then as you get along. No, 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 give me the apple. Yeah. And so, some of these ladies, they like, they know what they're doing. They individually yeah. like wrap the slices in plastic and then they label them. So mm. there's no questions. There's just like money across the table like you're buying cocaine. And then <laughs> they don't make eye contact and then leave. <laughs> so, you know, it, what's, what's actually like really cool idea about Ragbri is... Um, like one of the things I really want to focus on in the off season this winter is just cutting weight. Mm-hmm. And I've talked with a lot of people about it. You know, there's this thing in the running community where people are like, Oh, I, if I just lose some weight, I'll get so much faster. And 99% of the time, the people that are saying that they're already <laughs> like, like at the right side. Like, yeah, they're, you're fine. You're, you're fine. fine. Relax. You know, there, there's a reality that I'm still well above where I would like to be. And we're going to talk about that more with relation to my race and why I kind of confirm that with the race. But um, but to do that, what I've found is like ever I've been plateaued at the same weight, plus or minus five pounds since I started marathon training last mm, year. Okay. And it's, I've, I, it is just so hard for me to maintain a calorie deficit while training. And I have been continuously training now in general, like what you read about good runners is they're training year round, whether or not they have a race, but there's a difference when you're training for a race versus not. Right. Sure. So it's like, I'm looking for the off season to do maybe drop down to, Four days or even three days a week of running and then do more biking. Um, well, your body needs, when you are working out that hard, your body needs a certain amount of calories that are going to yep. give you a, a lot of energy. Like, there's just no way around that. You're going to need a certain amount of protein. You need fat in your diet because otherwise yeah. you will fall over and yeah. pass out in the middle of the street and it's awkward for everybody. <laughs> and it's so hard. Like, when you need that many calories, it's so easy to overshoot. By a lot, mm. you know, because it's like 
I'm famished. I need food now. And then you end up overeating. And so like when you, when you talk about weight loss, one of the things they, they try to push is like, Oh, well try to, you know, try to plan your food. like eat when you're hungry. Mm -hmm. Don't let it get to the point where like you're ravenous because then you will overeat. And the problem I've found with running is like that, that, that time period from when I start to get hungry to when I'm ravenous oh, yeah. is about two seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, it's time to, mm, no, I'm like a bear now. Now I need to, I need to, to raid a picnic basket. Have you, Bob, have you thought about talking to like a nutritionist maybe who can help you plan like a meal plan or like snacks through the day that would help you and be really filling? I've thought about reaching out to a nutritionist. Um, and a lot of it is, um, this really comes down to cost. Mm. Nutritionists are not cheap they and they're not always not. covered by insurance. And unfortunately, like you, it, finding a good nutritionist is kind of like finding a good trainer. Right. Like it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit out there that yeah. just isn't very healthy and, you know, won't help your body so much as it will try to make your body smaller, which is two very different things. Yes. So it's, it's, it's really difficult. I could understand that. Yeah. So it, it yeah, I think, and, and I had so much success so far in losing weight. And I know it's really, I I, I want to try. I feel like if I get to the spring and I haven't made any progress, that might be the time to be like, okay, let me go and, and seek out additional help. Okay. But um, I think, yeah, if I think if I get back on it and I do more cross training, I get, I, I'm on my bike every night or something like I was doing. Um, then I should, I think I'll be able to make a lot of progress again. And okay. so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Coming back to Ragbri, which means I'd be doing a lot more bike training. Mm. And so I would be ready to do that ride again. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I've been on it twice. It is so much fun. I cannot stress how much fun it is. Like, just, yeah. if you're, I, 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 okay, look, this is fun to me, but like sleeping in a tent every night underneath the stars and you, you haven't showered in maybe like four days, but neither has anybody else. Yep. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's very cool. Yeah. No, I would love to do it. I absolutely would. Because well, I think that's, this is the rag by podcast. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about running later. <laughs> you know, fuck running. Who fuck runs? Run, run. My dad once got into like, I'm not joking, like a feud with a guy at work. And my dad was on the set of running and this guy was on the set of biking. And they were both arguing which was better. And I'm like, it just, just, no, they're both great, but running is better. And then you get some bald guy who wanders in wearing <laughs> a shirt that's too tight who's like, Hey guys, but what about tries? And they're look at him <laughs> disdain. Like, get out. Pick a side. Get out. <laughs> I have no, absolutely no interest in triathlons whatsoever. I the, what scares me is the the swimming part because I have heard that can get a little nasty. Like with so many people in one stretch of water trying to get across. I that I believe. I that it just doesn't appeal to me. Fair like, enough. I don't like. Ragbri interests me as a, a a biking event. It's like an experience, right? Because it's a, it's a, basically touring. You know, it's not a race. No, um, no, not really. And and so like, I don't like to race bikes. I like to tour. 
Like when I went to Denali and biked, that was a tour. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to mix. There's racing. people like dressed up. There's music. Every town right. is throwing a party every night. You know, you might make the incorrect decision, which nobody on this podcast did, to have too much to drink the night before, Never. and then you got to get it back on your bike like a schmuck and question all your life choices. Not me. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. I don't know who would do you, that. You responsibly drank responsibly. Non- non-alcoholic beer. Oh, of course. So you were not hungover the next day. Nope. If, and if anybody said, like, let's do a shot, I was like, no, no. I've never done a shot in my life. That's a bad idea here on the Ragbri. And then I went to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, interestingly, it's like, it's stuff like that. The, like the adventure aspect of it. That's what got me into ultras in the first place. So speaking of let's, let's talk about your race, Bob. Like I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in this. Like I want to set the scene for me. Tell me how, tell me how the day went. <laughs> Because I've heard some things, but I want you to tell me how the day went. <laughs> so um, I remember the next day just being really excited you weren't dead. Like that was my big concern. Like I is wasn't, he dead? I wasn't sure I wasn't dead. <laughs> um, I I, I we're, we'll do a, a quick spoiler here. I got back from the race. Like I got home, I ate something, and then I went and laid down in bed, and then I woke up the next day. <laughs> I'm amazed you didn't like move it into the day after like that. Your body wasn't like, we need like 24 hours to recover from this. <laughs> well, that's basically what it was. Okay. Cause I mean, I got back from the race at seven in the morning. So I oh went and laid down God. at like 9am at the latest. And then I woke up the next day. Okay. Wow. You did need like 24 hours to recoup. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. Um, and you know, and for reasons I'm jumping into now, like, I don't think I don't think I'm going to feel quite that bad at the end of Tunnel Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm going to feel terrible and like I'm going to need lots of recovery, but uh, I don't think I'm going to have the same kind of of running hangover, if you will. Um, like were you, were your were, I, I mean clearly your muscles are probably very sore but like were you just exhausted like did you like this sounds like it would be something that would affect just your entire body your entire psyche for me it was really uh, honestly heat exhaustion okay um that's that's really what like soreness wise I really wasn't that sore mm-hmm. at the end I really wasn't like um I wasn't happy to be moving but like I and I took a full week off of running, mm-hmm. but I did not actually physically feel that bad. So, to set the stage for you, um, you know, and recap from uh, where we started, um, back in July, I uh, ran the Christmas in July race, which is here, um, not far from where we are now in Lyle, Illinois, and. Uh, it is a 24 hour, uh, I, at least I ran the 24 hour. They have 12, six and three, um, 24 hour, um, looped race. The course is, uh, a one, almost one mile. It's like 0.97 mile loop. Um, that is mostly asphalt with a little bit of concrete sidewalk. Um, so it's pretty 
tough. It's hard on your knees. Yeah. It's hard on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, so, and a lot of it is canted. Okay. Do you know what canting is? I do not. Canting is when you have like a sidewalk or a street and it's tilted. Oh, you ever God. see that? What? How, like, that's why, like, when you're running a marathon, like, they say run the center, run the run the crest. Sure. Because it's the flattest part of the road because they design it that way so that the water runs off. Okay. They don't, you don't want pooling water. And so a lot of sidewalks are like that too. Almost all sidewalks have a very slight slant to them. Okay. Um, so this this whole thing is canted, but it's the canting in some places is less canting, which is something intentional and more like, why am I walking or running diagonal across the ramp? Okay. <laughs> it's like there there are some parts of that uh, loop that are pretty rough. Um, so the course itself is it's one of those things where like if you run one or two loops, it's like really nice. If you run 64 loops, um, you want to, like, murder people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so so that's the course. Um, now, when you think of July, you usually think of what? Like, nice, brisk, cool temperatures, very little humidity. Heat is what I mostly think for July. Like, oh, not that's humidity. right. That's right. I'm sorry. I was thinking November. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> going into the week like this has happened with like every race that i've done is like the forecast will look like it'll be 20 degrees cooler than it ultimately ends up being and then like the day before the race the forecast changes wildly hmm. and is now a billion degrees uh-huh. I remember, I just remember the day that I knew you were running the race. It was like walking into a wall of humidity. Yes. Like it, no matter, you would walk just like up and down the block and you'd be soaking with sweat. Like, yeah. It'd be disgusting. It was so, so yeah, it, the, the day started with a storm. Mm. So, um, you know, I, they, they said the, the race allows you to come the night before you can set up a tent um, and, you know, make sure you have your supplies. And I was, I had people who stopped by throughout the day, but largely kind of, you know, on my own. And um, so I went the night before I set up my pop-up tent, uh, put a table up, everything was set. So overnight it storms pretty, pretty good. Um, Get up in the morning, get ready. Race starts at seven, which meant that I was up at four, um, if not three thirty. I don't remember, but uh, so get drive down to the race, which for thank goodness was only a few minutes away. Um, to find that my tent had collapsed and broken overnight. Okay, that was a good start. Yeah, no, great sign, great sign. Um, and it was like the storm was like coming to an end. Like when I got there. So uh, fortunately, I was able to get my tent stable enough to function for the day. Um, it would not survive. It ended up going in the garbage after. Did you just, were you just keeping stuff in there? Like like you had like extra clothes or you were going to sleep in there? Like what was the tent for? Well, it, it was like a, like a, a yard pop-up, t- not like a tent tent. Okay, um, okay. Like, you know, like food vendor tent. Okay, right? okay. Like, and um, 
so it was just like my food uh my my extra gear and then a bunch of coolers full of ice okay well smart (laughs) um so so yeah I, i mean i got it functional i had a chair it was it was it it did the job um so right when it, so as we were like all like getting there and getting ready to go get loudhorn we have to delay the race an hour hour mhm um so plans start at 7 move they delayed it because of the the, the, storm. the storms yeah. okay so they delayed it for the storm and that really was a bummer um, that took the 24-hour race, and now it's a 23-hour race. Oof. Now, this is a race that um, it is possible to run 100 miles in. But if you take away that hour, it's it's significantly uh, tougher. I mean, the the length that you were going for, the distance alone, like, I feel like every every hour would count. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, and I wasn't going for a hundred and I, the, my pace, I would not have come close to it. Um, anyways, but, um, you know, it, it was a real bummer in the end. There was like one person who got to like 97 laps and they needed to get to 103 to get a buckle. Good God. So did anybody make it the full hundred? Like it, nobody did. Nobody did- made the whole hundred. Okay. Yeah. It was a, it was a real bummer. And, there's one or two people who might have been able to get to a hundred if mm. if they had the extra hour. Um, so bummer, but you know, that's is what it is. Yeah. Weather happens. Um the big downside of that is it poured. Ugh. Then the sun came out. And all of that wonderful water that was on the ground evaporated oh so it wasn't even like it cooled you down it just made everything worse yes oh god so it got very it it was already humid and then it got even more humid um and then we started and i had a couple people from my run club who uh showed up to um to run a a lap or two with me and that was really nice um to see them and to um just kick things off and um so we, you know, we did, we did two laps and, you know, at first it didn't feel too bad. It it felt okay. And, um, then maybe like an hour, two hours in the rain came back. Okay. So it started pouring rain again, but fortunately it didn't storm. So no thunder or lightning. So they didn't have to delay the race. So now it's just pouring rain now. And it felt good to have the water hit you uh, for sure. Um, And I was actually having a pretty, you know, throughout the period of rain, it was good. Um, Then the rain ended again. And, um, you know, my feet are soaked from the rain. So Mm -hmm. I went back to my tent. I changed my shoes. I changed my socks. Um, and that would probably be the start of my foot issues. Oh no! For the race, was this isn't another blister issue? This is this is something else. Oh no, these are blisters. Oh god! Yeah. All right, all right. So I ended up getting I ended up um, getting blisters on both feet in the same spot on the outside of my heel. Okay. Um, 
and it, you know, really, they didn't bother me till later in the race, but that's probably when about when they started to form. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also getting like this really annoying uh, rubbing of my big toe on the inside of my shoe. Okay. Um, best I could tell was just as just my feet had swollen that much. I've never had problems with that before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and at, at one point we, I, you know, I stopped, I had, uh, and I tried to take care of the blisters and, you know, I was able to get, I was able to get it so I could keep moving, but it was not a pleasant, um, experience to be sure. I mean, it's anything, what you were attempting was never going to be pleasant after some point, but it's when your feet are the key points in what yeah. you're doing, having anything happen to them just makes it so much worse. Yeah. I mean, there's people in ultras will tell you like, you're going to have blisters. You got to just push through them. Basically. I, did I, you tape them up or do you? I did. Okay. I did tape them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't, the tape job wasn't the best, um, I got to get better at taping. Um, but, uh, then I had just trouble in get, like getting shoes, right? Okay. Like, um, I went through a spot where like I changed my shoe. Like, so for perspective, because this is a race, like a few miles from my house, um, I just like threw a whole bunch of running shoes in a plastic bin and said, I'm just going to bring them all. <laughs> and- I mean, honestly, at this point, you it almost that does make sense, because if you're thinking like I need different shoes, you would rather have them on you than than be thinking of the shoes you left at home. Well, and the entire point of this whole th- endeavor was to try different things and to see what works and see what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so like I, if I was going for time, I would have just picked a pair and said, that's it. Go. Yeah. You know, but it, it re- you know, I was just really, this was a, this was an experiment. It was a test. So, you know, I, I did switch through my shoes quite a bit. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I learned through the course of it was, um, you know, in the later stages of my hundred, I'm probably going to need um, a wider toe box. Okay. Um, than than what um, I normally wear. Um, if I swell up, um, like the pain in my big toe was so bad um, that it would have I would have had like it would DNF me. Okay. If I didn't have a shoe option. Um for that like and if like you're in the middle of a hundred and you get that there's like you can cut the toe box open okay it's not pretty but if it's the difference between finishing your hundred miler or not i mean in in that choice you just go with whatever gets you some kind of comfort right so um but yeah no i'm so i'd like i have a a couple of shoe options i want to try to to deal with that okay and um so that was a good lesson to learn um now to give you a sense of how hot it was the it just says it was so bad I can't, like, I just, I was walking around a farmer's market, and I just remember thinking, like, I cannot believe Bob is running in this. I, how? 
This would be misery on a stick. Like, no thank you. So, the, the I don't have weather history for um, for Lyle itself. But it's Rosemont, but it's close enough. So, the peak temperature of the day was 86 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, not too bad. Doesn't sound too bad. Um, by the time... After it got there, it never got below 79 after that. Okay. So it stayed warm the entire time. Um, the, the humidity, though, was so absurdly high. Um, so are you familiar with dew point? No. What is this? Okay. So dew point, if you if you think of humidity, right? Usually the way most people hear humidity is in terms of relative percentage, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, if it's 60 degrees and 100% humidity, like that's what people are used to hearing. And everyone knows like, oh, wait, the higher the humidity, generally the worse it is. And that's true to a point. Um but the thing about relative humidity is that the hotter the air, the more air or water it can hold. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, 100% humidity at 80 degrees is a hell of a lot different than 100% humidity at 55 degrees. Mm. Completely different ball games. Like 100% humidity at 55 degrees is actually pretty comfortable. Um, so just... 100% humidity in and of itself doesn't necessarily tell you the whole story. Think of it like you jumped into a pool, right? And you yep. came back out of the pool and you never really dried off. Yep. You were just kind of damp the whole day. That is what it was like. Yes. Well, so, you know, the peak um the peak of the day was usually when the sun when when it's the hottest part of the day, the sun is highest. The um the humidity is the lowest mm-hmm. and humidity is the highest at night. So the, the, there's another measure of humidity called dew point. Dew point is the temperature at which water will just start falling out of the air. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what the dew is mm-hmm. your morning dew. That's what happens. The temperature drops to a point where, you know, the air can no longer hold it. Water condenses out of the air. Um, dew point gives you a much better idea of how bad the humidity is. So dew point is measure is a temperature um, number. So if the dew point is 55, um, that means the temp, you, the, that means the temperature would have to drop below 55 degrees for any moisture to fall out of the air. So dew point is really useful for running. Um, so generally anything in the 50s is very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It usually doesn't get below the fit, at least not here. Um, the 60s, you're going to start to see performance impacts. Anything above 70 is no bueno. Ugh. And if it gets above 80, 
urine urine don't even have the race like nobody <laughs> should everybody be cancel what are you doing yeah um there's another measure called wet bulb temperature that um the, a lot of the big races use to determine whether or not they're going to cancel the race like the chicago marathon uses that um and what have you and that's it's different and i'm not going to go into that one but just if anyone if you're wondering um so during a race the the dew point was like 71 between 67 and 71 and the temperature was like 85 now the dew point in order for the dew point to go down the humidity needs like the temperature needs to drop so that air that water comes out of the air the problem is the humidity never dropped low enough to lower the dew point or the temperature never dropped low enough to lower the dew point. So we got down to like somewhere in the 70s, I think, overnight. But then the dew point's still 71. So there's very little gap. Mm, okay. And then like the one of the biggest ways you cool off in a race is evaporation. Your sweat evaporating off of you provides a cooling effect. So when I got to the night, like I wasn't getting any evaporation because there's not anywhere for that water to go. Okay. So like to me, people talk like I've heard a lot of runners who will talk about like, oh my God, it's so hot or, you know, uh, and they're, they're kind of talking nonsense. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'd rather run at like 80 degrees with a dew point of 65 then at 72 degrees with a dew point of 69 mm-hmm. because there's the water can evaporate. Okay. You can cool off. Right. Um, and that's at night. I could not cool off. Okay. Like people, like people were coming up to me and I had a pacer running with me, um, later in the evening. Um, my, uh, my running friend Courtney and it's, they was like, Oh, at least the sun's gone. It's it feels so much better. I'm like, no, this does not feel better. This honestly feels worse. Okay. Um, and I had I remember we were we were coming around on a loop and mid mid like sentence, I turned to her and I said, I need to sit down now. Okay. This was at ten thirty at night. Like, wow. And I had been walking for a while yeah i was just that overheated um so we sat luckily we weren't far from my tent i sat down she put some wet towels over me i drank some water just took a rest and and cooled off because that's the thing about your body at some point it will it'll try to warn you like you're getting to a you're getting to a breaking point and if you ignore it eventually it will take control and go like all right i guess we're stopping whether you want to or not that's the interesting thing that like people will say about ultras in general. It's like people are like they're the the risk is pretty low because of that. Like you your your body will shut down and you're gonna fall over and somebody's gonna walk by yeah. and pick your sorry <laughs> ass up. Enough people around that somebody will be like, uh, and and people are watching too. It's not like no. Uh, like, if you're on a 5K, not that there aren't people around you to make sure you're okay, but everybody kind of assumes, like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. But in an ultra, like, everybody, I feel like, has their antennas up to be like, is everybody here? Is everybody yeah. okay? We don't need the ambulance. Yep. 
now there, there's a there's that heightened sense of like something could go wrong mm-hmm. and um and so yeah if if somebody if you're showing signs of like anything bad people will you know um ask come up and ask hey are you okay but no it just it just it was so i was just so hot i was so overheated and so that comes back around to what i was talking about earlier is like i feel like at this point and this is something I've talked about with a lot of people. It's like, it's not, it has, it has so little to do with me feeling uncomfortable wearing or going shirtless in public. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with, I overheat too fast. Okay. And that I feel like is my biggest impediment to improving as, at a, as a runner at this particular point. Have you tried, like, I mean, what it ha- I'm assuming you have tried things, but, like, have you tried, like, a cooling towel or, like, yep. is there anything you can you can attempt with this or what have you attempted? Like, I'm curious about this now. So I made um, I made an ice bandana. Okay. Um, to take to the race, and that was helpful. Okay. The, you know, and the idea is you get a big, you get a chunk of ice, you set it on your neck, you wrap it around, and yeah. it slowly, you know, melts and drains on you. That helped. Um, I did the pouring uh water over my head all night um i always recommend you get some dixie cups fill them with water ice them put them in a cooler and that way it's really easy for you to like rub it all over your skin and yeah. any your pulse points that might need it mm. also really good for shin splints oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah the, the <laughs> they were our go-tos for a while <laughs> so you know i just kind of you just Every, everywhere I could get some cooling, I took my shirt off for a while, mm-hmm. um, and, and just like it was, it was gnarly um, at night. The funny thing is, the middle of the day at peak sun, mm-hmm. I was fine. Like I, I bought this, um, this sun hoodie from Rabbit. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I wore that all through the sun, like, and that was great because I didn't have to put on nearly as much sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to keep moving. I actually felt really good in that. And again, though, the temperature's eighty-five or higher. Honestly, I like I, that reading in Rosemont. I don't think is accurate, or might have been accurate in Rosemont. I think it was. I think it was over 90 in Lyle that day. Um, but, and we're running on blacktop mm-hmm. in bright sun. Yeah. There was like periods like. Is I there just, any shade to where you were running either? Like you were just like in the sun the whole time. There were very few kind of shaded spots. Okay. Um, there's like, you know, and it's, it's on like a riverside trail. So depending on where you are in the time of day, like. There's more shade in some spots, but there are plenty of spots that are just completely exposed. Too. Okay. But I remember like a couple of times coming up the the back straight and just like the like the wind would pick up and usually that helps. Except now it's just blowing super heated air at oh, you. Oh god, it sounds like hell. <laughs> it was the most like Welcome to the ninth circle of hell where you're just running in the humidity. This is so miserable. Um <laughs> Bob, I'm sorry. We're not even That's terrible. We're not even after midnight yet here in this story. Like, um, it was really hard. It it really was. It was everything. I could do to keep going. Um, 
And my friend Courtney, she brought me Burger King, which was <laughs> I sat, I'm sitting there and she's looking there. And, you know, most of my running friends, they don't um, they they run marathons. Very few run ultras like so they're not used to like seeing people eat ridiculous food at a race. And it's like, no, this perfect killer. Um, it's almost like getting drunk food. Like yeah. you, it's going to be the best thing you've ever tasted. You will never, yeah. you'll try to get it the next day when you're feeling fine. No, no. not going to be the same. I mean, I'll still eat Burger King. Oh, but, well. you know, <laughs> but so um, she was even like, I, I remember she was like Burger King. That's what you, you want a salad or something. Really? Like a, um, protein omelet, something like that. So, so, you know, we get through and after, after the probably near heat stroke that I had, um, if your body couldn't cool down, I, I am shocked you made it as far as you did. Cause you made it pretty far. I kept running until uh, for another seven hours after that. How, how, how long in total did you go for? I went for seven out or twenty one hours and eighteen minutes. Do you have a, a mile count on that? Like how far you made it? I made it exact or just over one hundred k. Wow. Okay. So that's sixty two point something miles. Jesus Christ, so, Bob. <laughs> so so to get a hundred k on that course was sixty four laps, and I hit sixty four laps. And because it's not an exact you know number, it's a little more than a hundred k, but. You know, my entire goal was to just go the entire time just to get the experience of having to stay up all night and to deal with what was going to come. And um, the only reason I stopped when I did was because another storm rolled in. And of course, (laughs) you know, (laughs) why not at this point? (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. So the storm was coming in. I was on lap 63 and I saw the sky starting to light up. I was like, shit. I do not want them to call the race and I end up one lap short of a hundred K. So I hit, I hit the start line and I just went as fast as I could because I was like, I'm not giving them the opportunity to tell me, Hey, don't go. Um, and I took off and like, I regretted it like halfway through the lap because it, it just, the sky really started lighting up. It it was a really dicey situation, honestly. And, um, and I remember Erica made me promise before I went that I wouldn't do anything stupid. And it was like, this is dumb. I need to get back to the start line so I can get off the course. If I remember this correctly, where I was that night, the tornado sirens went off. Like I wasn't that was north. Yeah. yeah. I was, w- I was way north of you that night, but I, yeah, wow. I mean, you must have gotten the first, you know, kick of that storm because I remember later that night being like, oh, this is not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that wasn't until late in the morning. That was at like 21 and a half hours into the race. And I got around on my 100K lap and, um, you know, I was talking to the race staff and we were looking at the clouds and they were like, yeah, we're more than likely in the next few minutes we're going to blow the horn okay and that's smart and pause the race and i said and i said at that point okay i'm done and i handed in my timing chip 
Um, you, you, know, ca- you can't come back from being struck by lightning. Uh, as, as cool as it would be, it very rarely gives you superpowers. It mostly just kills you. <laughs> I heard something on a podcast recently that I would really like to validate, which is most people survive lightning strikes. But would you want to go through the rest of your life being like, remember the time I got struck by lightning? That was cool. <laughs> but, I mean, I twitch a little bit now and then. Eh, but, eh. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. it was So there was like an hour and a half left. And I was like, yeah, maybe I could get, maybe I could go a little more. Or if I could, if I just sit and wait for the, the clock, you know, to see what they do. And at that point it was like, no, no, it was like, this isn't worth it. Cause if they don't start it up, that's an hour and a half. I could have been mm-hmm. getting stuff back to my house, um, or, you know, getting cleaned up. And so, um, yeah, that's when I called the race. They did end up starting it back up for about another like 30 minutes, like enough to get for people to get like one or two more laps in. And, okay. um, if I had, I might've been able to get into the top 10, but, um, That'll have to my my top ten finish will have to wait for another day, um, but you know, in the end, I I overcame the the heat exhaustion. I you know most of my plan actually worked out fairly well. I had the opportunity to try a whole bunch of different things. Um, you know the shoe the shoe situation kind of sucked because I my biggest mistake was I, I had planned to wear my Hoka Clifton eights for the start of the race. Um, then switch to my Saucony speed twos, which are lighter. And so my, my thought was in the middle of the day when it's going to be hottest, like that's when I'm going to sweat the most. Um, so I was looking to take the lightest shoe I had. The problem was by that point in time, I was walking, um, a lot more, um, and I never practiced walking in those shoes. Okay. All right. And I think that's where the source of my blisters were. Uh, I'm probably going to wear those shoes. Um, well, fresh pair of those shoes, uh, for the Chicago marathon, but, um, I will not wear those, um, again for anything where I'm going to walk a lot. Um, lesson learned. Cause that, that almost derailed me. I mean, in the end, like my pace was abysmal. It was like mm-hmm. what it was over 20 minutes. Um, and at that pace, I, you know, I would not finish a hundred mile race under cutoff. Um, so, uh, but again, I was also fiddling. So kind of, a. um, what was interesting was I never, I never had like the really bad emotional low. Okay. I was expecting to. You never really hit a, hit the wall, so to speak. I hit a physical wall, Okay, but not an emotional wall. Hmm. Like there was no point like where I was like, Oh my God, why am I here? What am I doing? You know, and I, I never hit that. And, and it was, um, that's really surprising considering how miserable the conditions were. You know what it was though? It was like the entire time I was just like, how it's like, and I found this in my 52. Cause it was like, what am I going to like? How am I adjusting? Okay. What am I going to do different? And like, and I was telling this to somebody who, kind of disbelieved me on it but it's like you think you're just out there and you're just going and you just run but it's like no you've got to be you got to like keep your mind active and you're thinking about it it's, it's like it's been 10 minutes take a drink of water it's been you know 45 minutes you haven't eaten anything 
do you do you something. listen to music while you run? Do you listen to anything, or do you just you just run without just kind of with your own thoughts? Um, both. Okay. Uh, when I'm racing, um, it really depends if there's people around. So like at Christmas in July, I really didn't listen to music much at all. Um, maybe total an hour out of the twenty-one point whatever. Um, I there were there was one point where like things just seemed to be really slow in the mm-hmm. middle of the night and I was like oh maybe I'll let me try putting the music on and maybe that'll um you know get me going a little bit and then it's just like I I don't like having the music on in races because you're not as aware of what's going on around okay. you and and especially in a loop like when I'm at Tunnel Hill um it's an out back out you know you're you're not going to be passing people nearly as frequently or people will be passing you it'll be kind of in spurts um but you know you you don't want to lose that awareness of your surroundings sure but that's interesting i i always always need music and not only like music in general but i'll have like a song that i'm in the mood for that day that like really helps me kind of get lost in my head and not think about what i'm doing do you know what my kickoff song is what's your kickoff song Mortal Kombat theme. Oh, that's a good kickoff song, Bob. Every every time I go out to run and I am listening to music, that is how I start my run. Bob, you know what my kickoff song is? What's that? To Don't Stop Me Now by Freddie Mercury. Yes. Good kickoff song. That's a good kickoff song. Gotta get you gotta bounce a little on your feet. You gotta you gotta you gotta take Freddie into you and you're like, let's go. I mean, yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, normally, uh, normally, yeah, I listen to music. Um, I've got my mar- my what I call the literal marathon playlist, <laughs> um, um, which didn't do me much good at Chicago last year because my headphones died, like. 14 miles into the race. There have been times I've gone to the gym, realized I forgot my headphones, and I was like, well, it's just not going to happen today. And nope. I went like swimming instead or something like yeah. that. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. Oh, I could not, no, I could not get on a treadmill without headphones. Oh, the treadmill is the worst. It just, it really is. Um, but- I live in, I, I hate when the winter months hit because I, Again, I don't run outside when there's there's snow because I don't want to break an ankle. And so I'm in on my treadmill See, and it's miserable. What you need are screw shoes. Uh, yeah, but I'm also a, I just don't like the cold. Or Catuli micro spikes. Well, all right, micro spikes are cool. I I I will give you that. And I, the thing is, like, I love being outside and running. Like I really do. Like my dad took me when I was very young. We used to go like late at night together, and we'd mm. run together. And I loved it. And as an adult, it just makes me very angry that I can't really go by myself at night whenever I want to. Yeah. No, I, I that yeah, I can see that. I mean, how have you been running? Lately? I have been. I have been. I'm like back at like a solid 5K. Okay. Um, it's feeling pretty good. I, you know, the the Orange Theory sprinting is helping as is the weights. I've mm-hmm. noticed a lot. Um, I I'm also doing uh, aerial yoga, which is a lot mm. of fun. Uh, a lot of good core work there. But I got to tell you, that sort of woke up my plantar fasciitis. So I'm like, all right, time to ice some things. Uh. The uh, the worst. It's the worst when your feet give out on you. But I'm I'm very excited to be back at like a solid 5K because it's where I like to be. It's really nice for me. I like just being able to go out and go for a run. It's it's the most meditative thing to me. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Are you gonna do Brookfield? 
I was going to, but I have to go to a baby shower, so I cannot. But Aww. I do want to do the Morton Arboretum um, fall run that they're going to have. Oh, yeah. that's it's always. I think it's the week before the marathon. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice, cool... Uh, it's always nice. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful place to go running. It's yeah. good times. It's that. That's the race where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go out and like take it really easy and just enjoy the five k. <laughs> and then like three seconds after I cross the timing mat, I'm like, oh wait, it's a five k. I must run it fast. Like, I have to go now. Sprint, sprint, sprint. Also, I, 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 God, I learned this from both my track coaches and my dad. But like the last, the, when you see, when I see the finish line, I'm like, right, time to sprint. Time to go. Yep. Time to absolutely destroy myself. <laughs> so yep. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I, I really, you know, I, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Um, that'll be my October is going to be absurd because mm-hmm. it's going to be, um, uh, it'll be Chicago okay. or no, it'll be the Morton Arboretum 5K. Okay. It'll be Chicago. Okay. Two weeks after that, then I have the last dot standing which is a uh, last man standing race. Okay. Um, what? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up, back up. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What is this? Uh, so a last man standing race. Mm-hmm. Um, so the they're, they're called Backyard Ultras. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> and the idea is um, you have two points um, or potentially an out and back. Uh, separated by about what is it like four point one seven miles or some obscure number? Okay, four point some miles. Um, and uh, you get an hour to run that distance. So, gun sh- gun fires. Everyone runs to the other side. You have an hour to cross it. Then the gun fires and you run back. When you get to the other side, you have to stop. You cannot continue you have to wait for the next horn to blow Uh, and you just keep doing that until there's only one person left (laughs) and and if both if you got the last two runners and neither of them crosses the line in time the race ends without a winner okay i'm not gonna say that doesn't sound intriguing it's um I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to go till I drop. Okay. Um I I have that is um going to be practice for um Tunnel Hill. Um so I I I do plan to drop before um before the you know before I would otherwise. So, um, and I know that gets under some people's skin. Yeah. It's like, why don't, what, you know, don't, don't, don't say it's a training run, you know. Eyes on your own paper, okay? Worry about yourself. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I'd feel differently if, um, you know, I was taking a spot from somebody who was going to race it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be different. You know, that then I would, you know, I wouldn't do it. But I know that there's plenty of op- spots opening. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. So, um, you know, and people, you, it's weird because like, I get it. You don't like, it'd be weird to go online and be like, oh, this was a training run. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and other people are really trying and I wouldn't do that. That's in poor taste, but it's hard to also, it's hard to like talk about like, well, this race was a training for me without 
I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a weird thing. It's like you're you at the moment, based off your your running schedule, your running training. This will be a little different for you because you can't go until you drop if you're going to do this next race. So that makes sense. Yeah. So it's um, but it's gonna be fun. It's a ten junk miles race. Um, there's gonna be a lot of people uh from the ten junk miles nation there. Nice. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing people. And that was. A lot of the reason I did it, I just wanted to 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 get to meet people who I talked to on Slack and this that, and the other. So, Bob, I, I do want to ask you, and this is kind of like maybe maybe this will help. Maybe this is getting us to the end. I don't know. But you had mentioned uh, this is your race was a lot of like a kind of a an information gathering activity. Yes. Can you tell me are there three things that you feel like this is what I learned and this is what I'm really grateful to have learned? Like you've kind of talked about the shoe thing. Yep. Were there other things you learned like mentally, like about your pace, about what you'd like to incorporate into your longer runs now? Like yep. what do you got? Sure. Um so yes, uh shoes definitely the number one thing I got out of that and how my feet are going to react um over a prolonged period of time. Um, it, so it, that's number one. And probably the next time we sit down, uh, we'll have a bit more of a in-depth discussion on shoes themselves. Cause Ooh. hopefully by then I will have been to Dick Pond again <laughs> and went last weekend, got socks. I was only going to get socks. Didn't just get socks. No, you never can't happens. Just walk in there. Never <laughs> happens. Got myself a moisture wicking hat. Very exciting. There <laughs> you go. Um, the number two thing I learned um on the uh throughout the the number two thing i learned was that oddly um my legs did not hurt nearly as much as i thought they would that shocks me actually Um, i was genuinely surprised and a lot of people talk about you know 100k is interesting to run because it's like after 100k is when when shit really starts to get real and like that that's the point. That's that line where, you know, you cross from into another realm. Mm-hmm. And um, so in terms of like just general exhaustion and uh, tiredness, I, you know, I, I was definitely I could see where that point is going. Um, but I was glad to see that, like, physically, my legs were OK. And I think, you know, moderating my pace really helped that and that I did not go nearly as hard um as I did um I would like to say I learned more about pacing at this race but I think the temperature is just so wildly different from what I'm going to expect okay in November to really say like Tunnel Hill like should be like the hot the hottest it should be is 50s the cold like it could be in the 30s during okay. that race, which will be delightful. <laughs> I'll love it. Oh, that'd be amazing. But then that comes with other challenges. So I, I need, um, I, I, so that last dot standing race, I think should hopefully tell me more about that. Um, and the last thing I learned, um, from this particular race, um, it, I, well, one I did, I thought my general food plan was good. Okay. And my hydration plan was good. What wasn't good was that I didn't, um, I didn't stick to it as well as I should have. Do you um, think that contributed to the the almost heat exhaustion, or there was just no escaping the heat exhaustion, no matter what you did? Um, 
I think I would have had the heat exhaustion no matter what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, now I could have tempered it a little more, uh, maybe put it off. But, um, you know, coming, the the weird thing about it, like, it was, it was a good experience. Um, you know, I learned those three things. After the race, and I'm almost, like, I know we wanted to talk right away. I'm almost glad we waited because uh, I'll be honest, like those first two or three weeks right after the race, mm-hmm. I was I was having really bad race blues. Okay. Race blues. And that's something that does happen to people. Like you were you were upset that that you had done it at all or you were thinking like, I'm never going to run another race. I've like explained race blues to me from your perspective. So I think it manifests in different people in different ways, but the way the way it kind of manifests for me was, Oh my God, I had so much trouble at this race. Mm -hmm. How am I possibly going to run a hundred miles? Okay. I'm so tired from the training and I've been doing this for months and honestly for a year and change now, because I'd never stopped training. And, um, and I really like, I want to be careful how I say this because everyone who worked the race was really nice and they put on a great event, but mm-hmm. I did not particularly have fun at this race. Okay. I was more of like a, just a pure suffer fest. I don't think the weather helped. It sounds like there were a lot of things kind of working against it. And I mean, I don't know. Do you think it would have been more helpful if it was like a trail that you'd never been on? Cause this was like a, um, really is kind of a track right going around and around and around so much yeah more or less which i under i i can't understand doing that for a hundred miles just because you want to keep an eye on everybody yeah but that could you that could get very boring i, I mean the boredom wasn't a huge problem okay. and it was it was it was nice to see you know because it was looped like you could see people i i just think running in heat just isn't Something that is very attractive to me it is just so miserable. Mm. And there are plenty of hot races out there. You've got like the Keys 100. You've got Badwater 135. Which... You did it in Disney. You did you did the Dopey and the... I did the Dopey and the Disney Marathon was very hot. And I think I'm just really... I'm, I'm kind of burnt out on hot... I'm, I'm running in the heat in general. And I've been like... All the a lot of my training runs this summer have been a real drag. Like I'm just so tired of the heat, like to the point where like I nearly bought a gym membership just so I could go run on a treadmill as mm. much as I hate it, so I'd be in climate control. Um, you know, and I and, and I'm just trying to tell myself like, no, you need to run in the heat still. It sucks, but there's a reason you do it. Bob, I'm excited to tell you we're almost in September. We're it's all about to. It's, it's all going about to. Change. Oh, it's about to drop. I'm so excited. We're gonna get into fall, which is the best season. But you know, and then like, I've adjusted to that. I've slowed my pace. So, and and that has like, I know the science is there that says slow your pace down, run at an easy pace, conversational pace. When you're running in heat, that's going to be slower than normal. But it's like I'm looking at my pace and I'm like, man, I know I can run faster than this. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's just a mental thing. And the race didn't help that because, like, after the race, it's been 
I'm only now starting to feel better post race. Well, I think I think you have to keep in mind that you know you can control how much you train, you can control how you prepare your body for this, but you can't control like the heat, the weather, and those yep. are really gonna affect you. Yep. And so you know, it's like like I said, I'm I'm kind of I'm pulling at I'm starting to pull out of the funk now. Oh, good. Um, and uh, you know, looking forward to things that are upcoming. Um, I'm going to North Carolina for work in the near future. And there's a race there that, um, running friends who are in that area, um, have, uh, suggested, uh, me to come run. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll do that. Um, so, but yeah, no, I'm just like, I was just super bummed about it. And I was just kind of feeling really down on, on running and racing or not even on, on running, but on racing. Mm. You know, I've done a lot of racing in the last year. And it's like, okay, I need a break. I just... it It's not a bad idea sometimes to give yourself a break from even the things you love because yeah. you can get burned out on yeah. stuff. So so now it's like, okay, I just... I've got... It's like 80 days to Tunnel Hill. Okay. And it's like, okay, this is... These next couple of weeks, you know, through Chicago are going to be my biggest volume weeks. And then it's going to start to drop... So um, the month of September is going to be tough, but it's like, okay, I can get through this. Okay. I can focus. And I'm like, yes. And then I'm going to take an off season and then over, you know, I'm going to really focus on cutting over the winter and maybe I won't, you know, even really worry about racing until next spring. Um, And even then I might, I, I think next year I would like to do like a half marathon training block. And just see how fast I, because I would yeah. like to work on my speed. So you know what I did? What'd you do, Pop? <laughs> I signed Dang up it. for a race. Bob! <laughs> <laughs> I love that you were like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm going to be burned out of running and I just don't know if I wanted to do it. So I signed up for a race. <laughs> <laughs> Because when in doubt, go fuck yourself, Blues. <laughs> That's our motto here on the podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and uh, we, I, I know we're running long, so we'll wrap it up. But we, would you like to know where this race is? I do. I do okay. want to know. Have you ever been to Minneapolis? I have. Okay. Have you ever been to Minneapolis in like January? I have not. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> now, wait. <laughs> picture... Like north of Minneapolis. What? In the woods. Jesus Christ. For 40 miles. What? Bob! <laughs> okay, right. Do you ever see The Shining, Bob? <laughs> and like at the end of The Shining, if you've not seen the movie, uh, good old, uh, <laughs> good old, uh, God, what is his name? Jacksicle. Thanks you. Yeah, the Jacksicle. The good old Jack Nicholson just frozen. This could be you someday, Bob. I feel like we've gone from like, it was so hot. It was so hot. You know what I should do? <laughs> I should sign up for a race full of ice. It, it, I mean, there there is this whole world that's even more niche than ultra running that is winter ultras. I got to tell you, you, you're really opening my world up, Bob. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Like, again, for years, I was like, nah, no, one, no one does anything past a marathon. A marathon is like the creme de la creme of running. No, nobody does anything faster than that and then or longer than that. And you're like, oh, yeah, Aaron, there, there are ultras. And I was like, what are you talking about? What's an ultra? 
How many miles is that? A hundred? Why, why would you confuse? <laughs> and now you tell me. Now you tell me people do this in the snow. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of them. There are fairly few. And from my understanding of it, they all kind of like started off as like ski races. Okay. That would make sense. Cross-country ski races. And then people were like, well, what if I bike them? Oh, what? Okay. And then people were like, well, this is stupid, but how? you know how we could make it stupider? <laughs> Do it on foot. <laughs> So I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna do the it's called the Saint Croix Forty, um, right. and it runs overnight. Um, wow, it's at night. Wow, yeah. it just keeps getting yeah. better. Uh, and I will admit it's probably gonna be beautiful. It probably will be absolutely like, gorgeous, just breathtaking. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of it's like a primer race for like a training race almost okay, sure, because yeah. um the, the cold 40 mile race through the woods is, yeah. is a this is training how, race. Yeah. that's how you find out if you want to keep doing winter ultras sure because there's another race fairly close to us um that runs over new year's hmm. uh, called tascobia okay and tascobia is an 80 mile race in the bowels of wisconsin okay um and uh oh did i say 80 you could do just 80. Oh, just 80. Well, yeah, but why stop there? Or or you could do 80 and then do 80 back. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, you know what I love about people? You know what I absolutely love about humanity? Every time you're like, I wonder if people are into that. They not only are into it, there is a small group of people who have said, you know what? We can make this crazier. There are people who climb mountains. There are people who dangle yep. from high places. Why wouldn't there be people who run distances in the snow? The, the they did a run exists. Why am I? Why am I surprised? I gotta stop being surprised. So I'm gonna get to the I did a run. Oh my god! So <laughs> in addition to Tuscobia, which is local, not too far away in an International Falls. Oh boy! <laughs> is the uh, International Falls famous for being the coldest place in? Uh, the lower 48 um, is the Arrowhead 135, um, which is a race designed to break you. Awesome. Um, they they say you should quit this race. You should. You're like, don't finish don't, it. Don't, don't, don't keep going. You, you should. No, this is Legend tells of the woman who finished the Arrowhead <laughs> run. So there's that race. Okay. And if you finish the Tescobia 160 or the Arrowhead 135... You could then qualify yourself to run the Iditarod Trail Invitational 350. Jesus Christ. And if you finish. Did what? No, there can't be more. <laughs> the Iditarod Trail Invitational 350. You qualify to run the entire way on the Iditarod Trail from... Anchorage, Alaska to Nome, Alaska, a distance of 1,000 miles, which includes crossing the frozen Bering Sea. 
I can't lie. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, uh, it, kind of, it really does. This is where I tell you that as a little girl, um, it, it's like when I was 12 and they had to write down goals. I wrote, I wrote down, I want to run the Iditarod. I don't know. I do not know why Sass. I wanted to do you this. You can make this. You should sign up for the St. Croix 40. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start you don't, writing Because you don't have to run it. You're, ba- you're basically walking it at a brisk pace. There we go. You know what? Yeah. Get some of those sticks to help me out. You wrote down as a little girl. I want to run the Iditarod. If if twelve year old me met me now, she'd be like, "Do you run the Iditarod?" And I'd be like, "No." And, she, and I'd be like, "I have a condo." She'd be like, "You are a failure to us." <laughs> <laughs> so next, you pay your taxes on time. Oh God! Don't even look at me, <laughs> man. All right. Well, we've got on. Um, that's probably a good place for us to to wrap it up. Um, and uh, like I said, I think next time will probably be shoe discussion. I've got um, I'm actually been highly recommended to me to try um, Topo shoes. Okay, I've seen those. They are hard to find in store. So um, what I'm going to do is just order a whole fuck ton of them. Okay, good plan. Um, try them on and return pretty much all of them. So it's kind of funny because my cart right at the moment reads like $1,100. Sweet Jesus. I mean, I am going to return like all but the pair that works, but it does look funny. Um, I'm impressed you're getting shoes online, not mostly because I know they're hard to find in stores, but I hate not being able to try my shoes on. Like, like God bless Dick Pond, who are just like, not only do you want to try them on, do you want to run for a little bit in them? And I'm like, oh, Dick Pond, God bless you. I, I, I am going to go there because the uh, Topo has a very similar looking shoe to Ultra, and I would like to try some Ultras as well. Um, and Dick Pond does carry Ultra. I, I do generally prefer to shop at the local running store. Uh, sometimes, you know what? This is what the but, the internet has given us. You know, if this is the, the few good yeah, things. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just need to order shoes, um, though I do try to avoid it. Um, so yeah, hopefully shoe talk next time, uh, update on training. It'll probably be, uh, I've got a couple of big long runs coming up, so we'll, we'll be able to chat some more about that. And, um, hopefully I won't sign up for any more races before the next time. I mean, I don't know, Bob, I feel like I'm going to come back in here and you're going to be like, so there's a race up a mountain through Asia. Uh, it's crossing three countries and you have to fight a tiger halfway through, but I signed up for it and I'll be like, yeah, that's fair. Okay, cool. 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 <laughs> How are you going to train to fight a tiger? Oh, the, the zoo's going to let you do it. That's so nice. It's part of the five. It's part of the five. <laughs> Welcome to the Brookfield zoo five K where this year you get to fight the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, all, all right, right. Cool. Here we go. <laughs> all right listeners thank you so much for sticking with us thank um, you and uh have have a wonderful day um just a reminder we do have um subtle interference on uh, the team puma knife uh, family of podcasts uh right at the moment i think that's the only one it's the only other one that's actively recording, but we've been uh, talking about reviving some uh, others now that uh, we can get back to the movies in theory. So um, thank you. Love you. Talk to you later. Good night. <laughs> it might not be night for them. Good morning.